It's now time to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam, who is joining us over Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, George. It's been a while. Yes. How have you been? I've been very good. Yourself? Uh, I've been okay. I've been surviving. 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 Yes. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, um, let's uh, quickly jump into our keywords for the day. What's the first keyword of the day? Shuttle diplomacy. So this has been on the uh, headlines for uh, the last few days. President Yoon and Japanese Prime Minister Kishida have sought deeper ties during their summit. And Kishida was the first Japanese Prime Minister to visit Seoul in 12 years. So uh, run us through the details of the meeting. Right, so building on their March summit in Tokyo, Yoon and Kishida reaffirmed their commitment to strengthening trilateral cooperation with the United States against growing threats from North Korea. Uh, the leaders acknowledged their ongoing efforts to bolster security cooperation, uh, including information sharing on North Korean missiles. They also confirmed that there have been active efforts to launch a new economic security dialogue, as well as a fund for youth exchanges and promote new cultural exchanges as well. Uh, reflecting on the progress so far, the two leaders said they would uh, expand programs for the future generation, including scholarships, uh, as well as the number of flights between their cities. Uh, the summit also signals the resumption of uh, reciprocal visits by the two leaders on a regular basis, something that's known as uh, shuttle diplomacy. Uh, both leaders said they looked forward to deepening their cooperation on broader global issues at the G7 meeting in Hiroshima. Yoon uh, and also plan to hold a trilateral summit with US President Joe Biden on the sidelines of that gathering. Yoon uh, also said the two agreed to work closely together uh, to South Korea's Indo-Pacific strategy, which is centered on um, freedom, peace and prosperity, and Japan's vision for a free and open Indo-Pacific. Uh, Yoon also left open the possibility of Japan's uh, future participation in the Washington Declaration. That was the kind of pledge that was made between uh, Yoon and Biden during their summits uh, in uh, was uh, during uh, their summit in which they strengthened extended deterrence. Uh, and there have been questions on whether uh, Korea is going to allow Japan to be included in that, and uh, Yoon has left open that possibility. Now, following the summit, Yoon and Kushida had dinner uh, at the official presidential residence in uh, Hanamdong, where they were joined uh, by their wives. There was a lot of kind of questions on what would be on the menu. Um, and interestingly, it was an array of Korean dishes, uh, including a rib stew made from uh, Korean beef, as well as the famous bulgogi and uh, cold buckwheat noodles, known as naengmyeon here in Korea. And for their drinks, they had uh, chongju, which is a refined rice wine. Uh, and that's uh, all part of Yoon's so-called kind of dining diplomacy. He's been saying that uh, all these meetings and his diplomatic schedules uh, and meetings with leaders needed to have uh, a good food on the table in order to get uh, things done. Now, today, Kashida is scheduled to hold uh, meetings with members of a Korea-Japan Parliamentarians Association, as well as the chiefs of Korea's uh, six business lobbies, one of which is headed by the uh, SK chairman, Che Tae-won. Right. I always find it a little bit amusing when we have all these uh, summits and then the dinner menu makes the rounds yeah. on social media and uh, the public takes such keen interest in what these leaders are eating. 
Yeah, certainly uh, has taken a lot of the headlines, especially in uh, recent days, as you kind of, you know, took a swipe at his predecessor, Moon Jae-in, for not having enough food or having some, uh, you know, very uh, down-to-earth food, if you will, to put it in a kind of polite way. But, uh, yeah, Yoon is uh, obviously trying to go for a more extravagant kind of uh, palette uh, when he's meeting with foreign leaders. Right. Well, we're going to stay on the topic of Japan here for our second keyword of the day. Express regrets. So every time uh, there's a summit between leaders of Korea and Japan, you have to discuss some of the more historical or politically sensitive issue. And uh, this was not uh, an exception this time either. Um, mm. How are the contentious historical issues uh, that we always talk about when Japan comes up, how are they? Uh, how are they talked about, or were there any kind of resolutions to it? Uh, unfortunately, kind of a it's a bit of a vague resolution, if you will. Uh, not quite what uh, I think many had hoped, but uh, Kashida did stop short of kind of offering a direct uh, new apology, choosing instead to kind of reiterate uh, that he stood by the statements of previous Japanese leaders, but. Uh, in a rare personal statement, he went uh, kind of a step further in making a direct reference to the brutal conditions of life for Koreans under colonial rule. He said he felt heartbroken at the thought of Korean laborers at Japanese companies during Japan's uh, colonial rule, but he did not directly apologize for their treatment or for forcing them uh, into work. Now, Seoul had hoped for a, a potential apology from Tokyo that would directly address the colonial rights abuses. Uh, Japan has shied away from that by sticking to a broader apology for its colonial rule made in uh, 1998, so that kind of declaration that Japan always turns to in these circumstances. Uh, now, you reiterated that Seoul would not unilaterally demand that Tokyo issue an apology. You said unresolved historical issues uh, should not mean that no uh, forward steps can be taken to deepen ties in the face of what he cro uh, called growing international crises and that he wants to make relations better than ever. Now, Kashida's comments, although not an outright apology, it is a significant change in tone from the past, especially from his predecessors as well, uh, under the same Conservative Party. Now, it remains to be seen how the Korean public will see it, uh, victims, civic groups and the opposition Democratic Party think it's still not enough. Uh, the DP accused Yoon of failing to get a sincere apology from Kushida, as well as turning a blind eye to historical issues in his summits with the Japanese leader. Uh, meanwhile, another sticky issue between the neighbours is the planned release of radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. Uh, Yuna Kushida agreed to allow a group of Korean experts to visit Japan uh, later this month to inspect uh, the plant. Kushida said he is well aware of Korea's concerns over the planned water release this summer, have vowed to do his best as Japan's Prime Minister to ensure uh, it causes no harm to the health of both nations' people. So they have allowed for Korean experts to visit the plant, but does it mean that it will stop Japan in its plan to actually release the water? That's another question entirely. Mm -hmm. All right, let's jump over to the third keyword of the day. Lowering COVID risk. So after the WHO declared that COVID-19 is no longer a global health emergency last Friday, the South Korean government is looking to lower its national crisis level for the virus. 
uh, maybe a couple of days uh, late for my family as both my daughters contracted COVID towards the end of last week. So they are currently on um, seven day, seven no, day right. uh, quarantine in the house yeah. and driving my wife up the wall. So <laughs> give us the details. <laughs> Well, I hope they're not uh, too sick, and I hope they recover uh, very uh, quickly. But uh, I'm sorry to hear about that. But uh, yes, uh, they are, uh, unfortunately, a couple of days late in terms of kind of the ease uh, restrictions. But uh, we'll have to see uh, what announcements are made. Uh, the KDCA Commissioner, uh, Chiyongmi, said the government plans to swiftly lower the uh, level. Uh, she cited the trend of the virus spread at home and abroad, as well as domestic antivirus measures, uh, medical response capabilities and policies of major countries, as well as others. Uh, she added that a decision would be made after consulting experts. Uh, so they could see an announcement come soon. Now, in March, if you remember, Korea unveiled a roadmap to eventually redefine COVID-19 as endemic, uh, as well as ease the remaining uh, virus restrictions after the WHO declares an end to the global emergency status for the virus, which it has done. And the first stage plan is set to be announced sometime this month. Now, under that plan, uh, the national crisis level for the virus will be lowered to an alert level from the current serious level, among other measures. Uh, with the downgrade, the current mandatory seven-day uh, COVID-19 isolation period, as you said, will be reduced to five days from the current seven uh, operations of temporary virus screening centers and the government-wide response from the Central Disaster and Safety Headquarters will end and the previous daily virus tallies will be announced weekly. Now, the government expects to announce its second stage plan uh, in July. It's a bit premature to be thinking of that at the moment, but we could see the first stage kick in uh, sometime this month. We'll have to wait. Okay. Okay, going over to the fourth keyword of the day. Rising prices. So the month of May is known as uh, Family Month here in Korea. We have Children's Day that, f and also Parents' Day that fall on this month. So we have a lot of long weekends, which tend to get families to go on vacations, short weekend trips, or even just to go out and, uh, you know, dine out. But the mm. uh, high prices of food is making such occasions a bit of a burden on the wallet for a lot of the parents and uh, the adults. Yeah, certainly uh, not just for this month, but in recent months as well. It's certainly gotten a lot more expensive to just uh, eat your, you know, common uh, more favorite uh, food items uh, because of uh, the rising inflation, uh, which has gotten out of control, but slightly easing uh, nonetheless. But the price of eating out has uh, been increasing for the past two and a half years, two months, uh, two years and five months to be exact, actually. Now, the price index of dining out if we put it into kind of stats, according to Statistics Korea, it came to 117.15 last month. That's a 0.7% rise on month. Now, over the past 29 months, the rate has been uh, risen by 16.8%, uh, uh, so quite a jump. Now, if we look at the particular food items, consumer prices for hamburgers in April uh, marked the highest growth in 19 years as franchise chains raised their 
burger prices due to soaring uh, raw material and logistical costs, uh, according to data from Statistics Korea as well. Hamburger prices rose by 17.1% last month compared to a year ago. Uh, in addition to hamburgers, pizza prices also jumped by just over 12% last month. That's the highest since November 2008. Now, fried chicken prices, a favorite uh, dish in, or takeout food in Korea, rebounded as well, rising by just under 7% uh, on year. Now, although the nation's overall consumer price inflation slowed to the 3% level last month for the first time in 14 months, prices of the food items that I mentioned uh, offered by these franchises continue to increase uh, rapidly. Uh, over the past 29 months, if we look, burger prices have risen by just under 28%. Uh, pizza prices have risen just over 23%, and ramyun is up by 21.2%. So these are food items that are not really considered to be expensive. They're your kind of the commonest dish, if you will. Uh, other food items that are commonly consumed by Koreans is up all around about that 27, uh, I mean 20% uh, level. Now global sugar prices have also been uh, increasing as well. It hit the highest level in 11 and a half years. Um, prompting speculation that the cost of sugar-based uh, food and beverages in Korea uh, will continue to go up uh, due to the lingering effects uh, of inflation as well. So all of this uh, results in just basically uh, things getting more expensive if you want to eat out, even for your cheap uh, food items such as hamburgers and pizzas, which uh, children enjoy. So it's going to be a little bit more of uh, putting pressure on the wallets of uh, parents. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see if any easing of inflation comes about from the second half of the year. That's what many economists are saying. Uh, but there's also some economists who are a bit sceptical as well, saying it's still going to take some time for prices to die down in terms of food, especially. Other prices have certainly gone down a bit. But uh, your daily necessities, uh, things are still a burden on the purse strings. I'm going to tell those experts a little secret. Once a franchise mm -hmm. or these restaurant chains up their menu prices, they mm -hmm. never lower their menu prices. Right, that's uh, not just uh, with these franchises, but uh, just things overall in general, right? If things exactly. start to go up, it's hard for them to come back down. They, they never so. bring it back down, even if the ingredients cost goes down. But I mean, yeah. the, the cogs is one thing, the cost of goods for the restaurants. Another thing is the labor costs. And uh, when you're looking at um, a lot of these uh, labor sites, um, mm -hmm. restaurants are offering uh, you know anywhere between 12000 to 15000 an hour for part-time servers. And they're mm -hmm. having a difficult, difficult time finding workers to work mm. at these restaurants. So yeah, I mean, not, not only the inflation cost of goods, labor costs, it's all part of the many different variables that's causing yeah. prices to go up. That's true. I mean, uh, that is the complaint, isn't it? Things are getting more expensive apart from my wages, but uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, to each their own. <laughs> okay, now the fifth and final keyword of the day. Reducing alert texts. You know, I'm really happy that the government is realizing that they went a little bit overboard with these because it seems yeah. like on a daily basis, we're getting those mandatory, annoying, really, really loud uh, cell phone alerts. Mm. And it was just getting a little bit too overboard, I thought. It certainly was. Uh, I've blocked my uh, kind of disaster or alert text messages uh, for the past uh, couple of years. I don't know if that's a wise thing to do, but they certainly have been 
a bit uh, overwhelming uh, recently, uh, and they have been at the centre of controversy. Uh, they usually make these loud noises for many people uh, who didn't know how to turn them off, unfortunately. Uh, this prompted many people to search for ways online for ways to turn them off completely on their phones. Uh, the government has vowed to reduce the number of such text messages uh, from this month. Uh, they will get rid of just simple warnings, such as uh, watch out for icy roads, if you will. Uh, instead, the government will send only alerts and disaster alerts that are deemed a crisis or emergency. Uh, these messages became even more of a nuisance during the pandemic, with a 130 times increase in the messages uh, being sent compared uh, to before the pandemic. Now, Amber Alerts will also be changed so that people can choose if they want to receive them instead of people having to go through the hassle of uh, blocking them. I guess a lot of elderly people who aren't tech-savvy will struggle in trying to find ways to uh, block these messages, but uh, the government is trying to uh, find ways to make it more easier for people to um, be able to not receive them if they so wish. So, yeah, there you have it. Okay, I didn't even know you had the option of actually turning them off. Well, there you go for the people like yourself. There was that option. So behind the curve on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, thank you so much for your time this morning. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.